Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With the 14th pick in the 2019 NBA Draft, the Boston Celtics select Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, Vincent Poirier, Javante Green, Robert Williams III, Jimmy Ogilvy, Brad Wanamaker, Daniel Tice, Ennis Cantor, Taco Fall, Marcus Smart, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kemba Walker, from the University of Connecticut. And we are back with another episode of From the Rafters. Uh, lots been going on in the world of Celtics. Uh, normally we do an around the association early in the week, but there's just way too much to talk about uh, with the C's going on. So we're going to get right into that. But first, uh, we're bringing it back. We've kind of skipped over the whole uh, beginning of show question thing, but we're going we're to start off on a nice note today before we get into the screaming. Uh, Sam, I don't know your music taste. So, who are some like just music artists you listen to? I don't think we ever talked about this. Uh, Childish Gambino is my favorite. Oh my god, dude! We have more in common than I thought. His shit slaps. Really? Yeah, yeah, dude. Do you like his like, favorite? His new stuff or his older stuff better? Uh, the older stuff is probably my favorite, but I like yeah. all of it for the yeah. most part. His most recent album's kind of weird. Like, I don't really understand like the music that much, but I fuck with like Sweatpants, Bonfire is a classic. Like, all that shit is just, it slaps. Uh, Yeah, I like those. Um, The new album's all right. I mean, there's just certain parts of it that I like, certain parts I don't. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Do you have a guilty pleasure music artist? Someone that you think, like, hmm, I probably, like, the boys would probably make fun of me if they saw that I was listening to this, but it just bangs anyways. Uh, I guess Michael Jackson, but, like, Michael Jackson's really good anyways. Yeah, I feel like that's not that bad. That ain't that bad. I listen to like, dude, Big Time Rush. You can't tell me that they they don't fucking those are bangers. Like I'm so like I'm so serious, dude. Like I have a giant playlist full of music that just ranges from everything from like I have Jack Harlow, I have Drake, I have Chant and Childish Gambino, and then I have just like like a couple Camp Rock songs, a bunch of Big Time Rush songs. It's just like such a variety. It's like com- comedic the variety <laughs> on this playlist, but. But yeah, I would say that's probably my guilty pleasure, if you want to call it that. <laughs> you, you don't have anything like that? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Well, maybe it's just me. I, 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 I'll back Big Time Rush any day of the week, though, so I can't complain. Um, that being said, we're going to get right into it. Just before we like recorded this today, you texted me and said it's it's a desperate time we got to we got we got to talk about the Celtics so i'm going to let you have the floor and open up the conversation so go ahead so uh game 5 is tonight when we're recording this um Celtics dropped two in a row first one they really shouldn't have lost second one they played like a bunch of uh they they played soft honestly no effort and you know what's funny about the last game is that like as bad as it was right like the Celtics had plenty of opportunities to win. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, even though it was really dominant by the Raptors, it was like the Celtics were like kicking themselves in the ass. Like they, they were screwing themselves. They, there were plenty of opportunities for them to make a run to get back in it. And they just didn't do it. And if they're going to win tonight and they're going to win this series, which they still can. And for some reason, people don't feel that just because they've dropped two in a row. It's not something we've had to deal with as fans since last year when they dropped four in a row. Um, (laughs) You know, it's time for them to sack up a little bit, all right? You're going to lose games in the playoffs. That's what the playoffs is. You're not going to sweep every team. You have to learn how to recover from that. And, I mean, Jalen Brown had a rough game on game four. At a rough end to the game in game three, I mean, he's just got to be able to be confident out there. He was – I like that he kept shooting. A lot of people were upset that he kept shooting, but, you know – you have to keep shooting. And you saw at the end of the game, he started to make them. So I feel like he'll be okay today, but they have to play with some balls today if they're going to win. They can't just lay down when things don't go well for them. Yeah, I agree. I feel like as as Boston sports fans, we're really spoiled over like all the sports. And the Celtics starting off 6-0 in the playoffs this year uh, just showed more of that. Like All these fans were like, oh, we're going undefeated. We're going to win the title easily. And while I was feeling a little bit of that like high in that rush, uh, I was on the Kool Aid as well. Yeah, I, I wasn't too like I'm not like right now. I'm not too broken inside because obviously coming into this matchup, I assumed it would go six or seven games either way. Regardless, obviously, I think the Celtics are going to win. Still, I did then. I always will root for the Celtics and think they're going to win. But I knew it would go six or seven because the Raptors are a good basketball team. That's just how it is. And so all these fans who are like just doubting how good the Celtics are now because we've lost a couple games don't understand how basketball works, I think. Like like you said, you don't just go through the playoffs undefeated unless you're the Miami Heat up until yesterday, which was ridiculous. But no team just sweeps. Unless you're a generational team like the Warriors when they went 73-9 or that dynasty which the Celtics aren't. I'm not going to like front and say the Celtics are as good as those Warriors teams. Those Warriors teams were once in a lifetime. And you don't just go through the playoffs undefeated. That's almost unheard of. So for people to think that the Celtics were just going to roll through everything like easily, it's just that's just not how it works. I don't know. Do you like do you think this game decides the series? Uh Yes and no. If the Celtics lose, I feel like it's over. But if they win, I don't feel like it's over. Um, <laughs> so, so in the worst so for way the Celtics, possible. it's game seven tonight, I feel. I mean, the way I've been calming myself down and, uh, you know, trying to reason with people is, think of it like this. This Celtics team has to lose two of the next three games to be eliminated. And for this team, it's not really in their character to lose two out of three. Never mind four straight. So... I've got confidence, and I think they just got to come out with some ambition. And we haven't seen that all series. They won the first two games, but, like, well, game one, they played well. But, yeah, I mean, they really haven't improved all series. Mm-hmm. If anything, they've okay. gotten worse. So, no, yeah, it's – I feel like they were low-key riding the high of beating the Sixers, even though the Sixers weren't that good uh, of a team, in my opinion. They just had not beat. And – Winning those first two games and the momentum that Smart brought with those threes, I think, had the Celtics on this high. 
which is super uncharacteristic of this team. I think this team this year knows that they came in as underdogs a little bit. I think a lot of people were doubting them when Kyrie left and now Horford left. And so when they lost that mentality a little bit in the after the first couple games, I think it hurt them. And that's why they played so poorly in game four, because realistically, the Celtics should have won game three. Um, great shot, great pass by Lowry. I'll give credit where it's due. Uh, Oji Ananobi hit a tough, tough, tough shot. But the Celtics just didn't defend well enough in that fourth quarter. And the Raptors got hot. And that's what lost us that game. And then game four, there's no excuses. The Celtics just played terrible. Like, they played like shit. Jalen Brown couldn't make a shot. I'm glad he kept shooting, but he just couldn't get anything to go. And so... Like you said, it is it is very uncharacteristic of this team to lose this many in a row. But seeing them not being able to bounce back in game three does make me nervous. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, they – the story is that they did – you know, that game was really not competitive, right? Yeah. Now, Toronto won that game by seven, right? The Celtics played a historically bad game. Yeah. Their shooting was like historically bad. Like it was like the worst of all time, I think, or some something like that. Like in their yeah, franchise, and they only lost by seven. They played. There were very positive aspects of that game. They did a great job getting themselves to the basket. They had a lot of points in the paint. They need to continue that tonight. All they've got to do is just make their open shots. Yeah, exactly. And not get discouraged when they're not going in. Yeah, I mean the Raptors made ten more three pointers than the Celtics. So if the Celtics made like the same amount of three pointers of the Raptors, we would have won by 23. I mean, 20. Yeah. Something like that, which isn't realistic. Like that obviously wouldn't have happened with the way they played. Like if they just made their threes, but if the Celtics just made some of their threes, if Jalen Brown wasn't having historically bad night, if Tatum wasn't cold, our starters went, let me see if I can do math. Kemba only had nine shots the whole game. Yeah. And he talked about that, right? And six of them were threes. He only took three shots inside the three point arc, which is just unacceptable. And he he acknowledged that. You saw the quote after the game, right? Right. So the Daniel Tice didn't take a shot. And while that doesn't seem that bad – or no, he didn't take a three. I'm sorry. He took two shots. And while that doesn't seem that bad on the surface because Daniel Tice doesn't need, be, need to be taking a bunch of shots, that tells me that there wasn't enough pick and roll. There wasn't enough this. There was too much of an emphasis on threes. And did you see the quote Brad Stevens gave after the game? He said something along the lines of after we missed a few threes, we just started trying to go for home runs. And I think that was very true. I think the Celtics kind of lost themselves throughout the game after Jalen Brown got cold. Did could you could you see that too? Yeah, for sure. Um it, it's it's hard to dig yourself out of that hole and I get it, but it's just very uncharacteristic of this year's team to not be able to. Does that make sense? I'm trying to like yeah, so they it's, they, it's they played a bad game. Yeah, and they didn't necessarily play a bad game in Game Three, right? They just kind of lost. They got unlucky, right? Yes. Maybe maybe Game Four was the kick in the ass they need to get it together because I just I don't feel like this team can be done yet. Just the way they're they've been, it doesn't yeah. seem like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I, I think they just need to bounce back. Uh, moving on, we've talked a lot about Jalen Brown in these first few minutes. I've saw, uh, I've saw, I've seen a lot of slander on Twitter. Like I saw 
Uh, I've never been a Jalen Brown fan. He sucks. Like he's overrated. He's only good because he takes catch and shoot shots. I don't understand people who can just backtrack on a player after one bad performance. Like, did you see any of that on Twitter? Oh yeah. And you know, the sky is falling right now. Twitter is not a fun place to be. (laughs) And I don't know. I I would advise that uh, you stay away from Twitter until they win again. Because it's not going to be a fun time. You're going to get more anxiety than you probably already have. And you're going to listen to casual people act like the sky is falling. Twitter's just a dangerous place for, for, you know, everybody. I I think people freak out and say stupid shit. I, I will say, though, nothing is as bad as NBA Instagram. Instagram is the dumbest place for sports. Yeah, I, I hate Instagram. It's just... Like it, it's, I think it's cause it's for the younger generation. And I was on Instagram. Like I never had a Twitter until I made Bannertown Jack, uh, which is where you can follow me by the way. Um, but like, I never had Twitter, like a personal one. I never had, uh, anything like that. I only used Instagram. So that was like the only place I got sports takes and all that stuff. So I'm used to seeing these 12 year olds talk about how Luka Doncic is better than Will Chamberlain. And <laughs> now I see all these stupid shit like takes on Twitter and it's just not, it really isn't that bad. I will say the one thing I saw in particular, um, Keith Smith, you know, Keith, yes. uh, he tweeted something along the lines of Jalen Brown played bad. He acknowledged it. It's time to move on or so- something about Jalen Brown. And someone responded and goes, Jalen Brown, bad player. Like he needs to not take shots. And I responded, um, crazy to see all these players or these people switch up on a player after one bad performance. And he goes, I've never been a Jalen Brown guy. And I'm sitting there like, you've never been a G- Jalen Brown guy after he averaged 20 points, seven rebounds, like two and a half assists on 50, 38% shooting. I like, how are you not a Jalen Brown guy that I feel like that's just the, the upset anxiety talking. <sighs> yeah. Play, players are going to have a bad game. People are forgetting that this series is tied. Yeah. Um, you know, it, they they have to come out and play, though. They Toronto's got confidence. They've got momentum. Sully's need to get their head out of their ass, and they need to play. You saw it in the last minute and a half of the game. They finally decided to show up, and it was too late. Yeah, I don't know. It, like you said, they just got to bounce back in game five. Speaking of that, I wrote an article for the CelticsJournal.com. You guys should check it out. Um, check them out. They're cool people. But uh, I talked about how maybe the Celtics could experiment with changing the rotation up a little bit. Because if you look at the box scores for each game, the um, Robert Williams specifically uh, plays slightly less and less minutes throughout the series, except for game four. He goes up a, back up a little bit. But do you think starting Robert Williams – is something the Celtics could or should experiment with. Something they definitely could do because um, they've been matching him up with Gasol and Gasol has been the starter. So it would make more sense for rotations to do it that way. Yeah. It's just, I think it's just a matter of if Brad is willing to make that switch. Do you, I think he's too stuck in his old ways. You know what I'm saying? And that's not a bad thing. Like I'm not complaining. Brad Stevens. Yeah. Good. I don't, I don't always think change is the answer either. I just think it's the players. They need to play better. And the Celtics got a lot of good looks. They just weren't making them. Like, there's encouraging things from that game. Sure, it was frustrating to watch. Sure, the Celtics looked like they got discouraged. But, like, 
they got really good looks and they just weren't making them. If they continue to brick for the whole series, then they're going to lose. But like, that's how basketball is. You have to make your shots to win. You say they certainly can improve. Yeah, no, hundred percent. There, there's nowhere to go but up after that game, in my opinion. It was terrible. So I had an idea. It's kind of outrageous, and it, it's like all in hindsight, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty. But with Jalen Brown struggling, and this is about Game Four. It's not about looking into the future. I'm not saying this is something the Celtics should do in Game Five or Six or Seven or whatever. In hindsight, do you think doing something radical at like with like five minutes left in the fourth, four minutes, or even like 10 minutes, like a, a long time left in the fourth, the Celtics were, they were losing and they were down and Jalen Brown couldn't make anything. Putting someone in like Carson Edwards, hear me out, to see if Carson can get going. Because we saw what he did at Purdue. We saw what he did in the preseason. Yeah, he's had like, he struggled throughout the regular season. But if Carson Edwards gets hot, you know that he can make a bunch of threes and make a bunch of buckets. Do you think Brad Stevens could have just experimented for even like two minutes? With Carson no. Edwards on the floor. Really? No. Why? Because, I mean, if you first off, you look down the stretch, Jalen Brown played better down the stretch. He made yeah. shots. Yeah. And another reason Jalen Brown is on the floor is for his defense. You're not going to get that from Carson Edwards? I'm not, I'm not even saying take out Jalen Brown necessarily. Just like Okay, well, of, who, who are you going to take out? Well, instead of playing Brad Wanamaker in the fourth quarter. Okay, like throw, all right, maybe Carson, then. You know what I'm saying? Just see if he can get hot. Because it, it doesn't hurt. Because you know he's, he's uh, what's the word? A microwave. You know he's a microwave. If he gets hot, he gets hot. But if he doesn't, he doesn't. You take him out, you throw back in Brad or Smart or whoever you want. But I'm just saying, like, it couldn't have hurt. And obviously, I'm not Brad Stevens. Hindsight is 2020. It is what it is. I'm just saying, like, maybe in the future, if you're in desperation time, which I would argue the Celtics were, even though it was, like, it was a close game. It was, like, all the momentum was with Toronto. If you throw in a guy like Carson Edwards for a couple minutes, see if he gets going it can't hurt you more than what was already happening. Yeah. I, I think Brad Wanamaker actually played with some of the most balls on the team. Yeah. I know and Sammy played. had pretty good games. Um, I don't know. I just think the Celtics need to focus on getting baskets after they get a stop because they've been able to get stops and it's frustrating when they come down and they turn it over or they screw up. Yeah. They also need to stop having Tatum try and dribble through the whole team. Because yeah. he keeps turning the ball over because there's four people on him. Yeah, those those 4v1 fast breaks were not ideal. Like, I understand, like, the concept is smart, and I agree that it's a smart basketball play to try to run in transition. But what pisses me off more than Tatum running into four people is that no one runs with him. Like, the rest of the Celtics are lagging behind, waiting to do the half court. It feels like there's just a disconnect between Tatum and the rest of the team. Yeah. So, if... Tatum either needs to slow down or the rest of the team needs to speed up. And I don't know which one is the smarter decision to make, but one of the two has to happen if the Celtics want to start being successful on the fast breaks. Um, And I even had uh, Brad Wanamaker written down. Like, I'm not saying he didn't play well. I feel like Brad Wanamaker should get more bench minutes. I think, like, as good as Shemi played, I feel like he's less important to play because of the Celtics, like, barrage of wings that they have. And obviously that it hurts to have Hayward out. I think if Hayward was playing the series, it'd be better. But Brad Wanamaker plays really well. He should play more at the off guard, though. I know we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. I think so, too. And now a quick word from our sponsor. He's just like he's too much of a liability with the ball in his hands at times. Like uh, you say this all the time, like he just makes bad decisions and kind of gets tunnel vision driving. 
So having him, he's obviously short to play this two guard, but having a guy like Tatum handle the ball and having Wanamaker sit in the corner or sit at the top of the key and just shoot would be good for the Celtics, I think, because he's obviously one of the most efficient shooters. So I just don't think he should have the ball in his hand. You, like you say that a lot, right? Like he just he just makes bad decisions. Yeah. Uh, something else. Moving on to Game Five, uh, I figured we'd talk about what the keys to victory are tonight. Uh, what's the key on offense, Sam? Like, what's the key to the Celtics winning on offense on that side of the ball? Making their shots. Honestly, like <laughs> it sounds so simple, but if you went back and watched Game Four, like, yeah, they played bad, but like they were still getting good looks. There are absolutely improvements they have to make, but making their shots has to be number one. Those three, When the threes are falling, the Celtics are on fire. They're really hard to beat. I mean, they did a good job at still getting to the basket. Like, they were still in the game. They were hanging around the whole time. But they just couldn't execute enough to get back into it. Yeah, no, in the same, like, bullet point I have written on my phone about what to talk about, I have, is it just as simple as making the shots? And I think you're right. I think it, that is a big part of it. Because usually when we talk about, like, what's wrong on offense for the Celtics, it's a lot of, oh, the ball's not moving enough, there's too much ISO. But in Game 4, I feel like the ball was moving pretty well. It's just that the Celtics weren't executing on the shots that they got. And It, it was clear to see that with Jalen Brown missing so many, but even everybody else, like Tatum couldn't make a three, Kemba couldn't make a three, uh, Smart couldn't make a three. It was just no one could shoot the ball. And after a while, like we said earlier, they started going for the home runs and going for these just chuck up shots that just didn't work. And so the Celtics played really well inside the three point arc, though. No one talks about that. Like we, the Celtics shot so well from two, which yeah, obviously their points yeah. in the paint kept them in the game. And it obviously doesn't mean much when you lose. So I'm not going to say like. Oh, good job, Celtics. Tough one to lose. Because we did play like shit. We just couldn't make a shot. So it's just a matter of making those threes. Is, is there anything else you think that they need to change on offense? Or is it literally just make your threes? Uh, Maybe, like, you know, they have to play through the hot hand. They've got three guys mm-hmm. that are all scorers. But, like, I don't know. I will say, we talk about, like, oh, I'm glad Jalen Brown kept shooting. But maybe after a certain point, you just go to Tatum because Tatum was hot. And the fact that Brown took five more threes than Tatum, I don't love like t- Brown shot two for 11. Tatum only shot one for six. So it's not like Tatum was hot from three, but anybody was hotter than Jalen Brown at that point. So while I do understand that you need to keep shooting to get hot at like with four minutes left in the fourth quarter, maybe just let Tatum drive, maybe stop taking threes, maybe just start driving with Tatum. That's the only I guess critique, even though I'm like, it's not really a critique. My only thought on the Celtics offense, like you said, give it to the hot hand. I mean, I don't know. It was just, it was just a rough performance overall for them in game four. I mean, Mm -hmm. don't, don't discount that Toronto played a really, probably their best game in the series as well. I mean, yes. Yeah. Siakam got hot from three. Ibaka was a killer again. Freddie was on fire. It, well, he wasn't on fire, but just from three. Yeah, Because exactly. if you look at the stats, they, nobody was really on fire. They just made a lot of threes, and that was a killer. It is a killer. That's the key to winning in today's NBA, and it is what it is. It sucks at times, but that's how it works. Uh, speaking of the Raptors, uh, keys to defense. 
in this one? Is it just stopping the three, getting closeouts? What do you think? Um, I don't know. <laughs> you don't want to leave the paint open because those are easier baskets and threes. I think yeah. if, if you look at the stats, like the Celtics did a great job defending inside, mm-hmm. which I think is – I'd say rebound. Yes. We didn't talk about that. Rebounding was ugly in that they game. They had before. second chance after second chance after second chance. That screwed the Celtics. That was a backbreaker because they would finally get a stop, and they would get the ball right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the Raptors only had eight offensive rebounds to the Celtics' six. But if you watch that game, the difference is the Raptors converted every single one of those offensive rebounds into points. And it was just killer. Like Serge Ibaka, OG Ananobi running from the three-point line to get off an offensive rebound. The Celtics aren't a tall team, like at center, unless they right. and unless they put Cantor in, which as good as he is on the offensive glass, he's rebounding on the defensive glass isn't amazing. It's still really good, but it's not like anything out of the world, out of this world. So, I think they just have to do a better job boxing out on defense and offense and everywhere. Just get rebounds. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was huge. Like, could you tell watching the game that? Every time, I don't know about you, that the Raptors got an offensive board, my heart just sank because I knew they were going to convert it, right? It's not even that. It's just like, oh, you had a chance to pull away a little bit or get mm-hmm. back into the game, and you couldn't. Yeah. Just a heart-wrenching every time. You've got to um, be able to go on a run when you need one, mm-hmm. whether it's to put the game away or get back into the game. And the Celtics have not done that. They'll be up by three or four. Toronto will be hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. Then they'll get back into it. Instead of burying Toronto when they have the chance. Yes. Yes, I agree. Because they should have done that in game three. They would have won the game. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah. They they could have. They just didn't capitalize in time, like you said. The Raptors got hot from three, and it was over. Or it wasn't even over. OG Ananobi just hit the shot of his career. And at that point, you know, you just kind of say, well, fuck. <laughs> and it broke the heart of Boston fans everywhere. But uh, we're talking about defense. Obviously, like you said, nobody on the Raptors played particularly amazing. Siakam had a good game. Lowry had 22. Dwayne Vliet had 17. Ibaka had 18. Ibaka's been a killer this whole series. Do yeah, the Ibaka's Celtics... a new Middleton. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. He played really well against the Nets, too. I, I know I mentioned it to you before the series started. Uh, and I mentioned him and Powell, and Powell's been okay. Not really that good, but Ibaka's lived up to the description I think I gave which is scary because he was playing against like you said a Nets team with fucking nobody on it and now he's going against the Celtics and he's still doing it so that's a little worrisome but that leads me to my next point do the Celtics focus on anybody specifically or do they keep playing this team defense and just close out on the threes you've got to play good team defense you this is a team that you kind of have to I mean maybe you see who gets hot then you focus on them yeah, they don't have that world that world beater. They don't. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, you're right. I'm the not... reason they've won these last two games because they got hot as a team. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a lot of I don't know. I think the Celtics need to do a better job of closing out. If I'm being honest, I think at times they're so worried about protecting the paint, which is obviously important. I'm not saying it's not that they don't get back out to the perimeter in time, like Fred Van Fleet. Got too many open threes, like way too many. He made, he only made four, but every time, no, he made five. But every time he made one, it just seemed like it was completely open. 
Like it didn't seem like he was having trouble getting open, and that's where the, um, an issue lies for me. I think the Celtics did do a good job of, of protecting the paint, but when you give up that many open threes, it's like, yeah, they're going to make some. Just because I, I think the Celtics saw the Raptors struggle in the first two games and say, like, okay, we can give them a little leeway. And then game three, they got hot in the fourth quarter, but the Celtics were like, oh, maybe that's not even it. The Raptors are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. And now that they've found that rhythm, the Celtics have to, have to, have to close out. Yeah, I mean, it was really nice when they were missing all their open shots. And who knows, they might continue <laughs> yeah. to miss. They might cool off. You don't know. But threes have been killer. The zone has been killer. The Celtics need to move the ball on offense. The reason they're getting such – they are moving the ball. They're just not making yeah. the shots. Yes. That's yeah. why they're getting good looks is they're making the right pass. Guys are open because they're playing a zone. They just got to knock down the shot. Mm-hmm. They got to knock down the shots, and then Toronto can't play the zone anymore, and things get easy. That's the key. Yeah. Ibaka has just been a killer, man. I'm looking at his stats. In the playoffs, including, like, obviously including the Brooklyn series, he's shooting 55% from three. <laughs> like, yeah. that's just heartbreaking. He shot four of four in game four. It, he's He's a killer. And Robert Williams tends to sag off of him on the three-point line he's gotten better at it i would argue throughout the series but still i ibaka is a a different case than like a joel Embiid because obviously you can sag off Embiid and Embiid won't make too too many threes but ibaka is a he's, he's a sharpshooter now and you have to respect it and you got to close out or else he'll just get these open looks and drain him in your face and in after a game where the Raptors won because of their three-point shooting, I really hope Brad Stevens emphasizes closing out to the centers, especially. Because in the pick-and-roll, the Raptors were just destroying the Celtics. People have been on Brad Stevens a lot, and I do think it's on him, but I, I don't know. I feel like he's going to be able to figure things out here. No, yeah, he I'm does. Not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. Or that. I know I you're not, like but people, yeah. people are. No, yeah, yeah, I agree. I've seen people say everything from brad stevens is bad to fire him to like but then after a win those same people will praise his like his great coaching which i don't understand people like that like stick to your fucking guns if you're gonna call him a shitty coach call him a shitty coach forever the same thing for for everybody like i've never like actually you know what there is something i've gone back on but we'll get to that in a second if you're gonna hate on somebody hate on them when they play well and when they play bad that's my thing that being said, uh, Nick Nurse, <laughs> I put a uh, a tweet out a couple weeks ago, right when he won Coach of the Year. And Nick yeah. Nurse is a good guy. I don't, I don't hate him as a person, but playing against him, man, is that guy a bitch, dude? What like the whole team is? All they do is complain. Seriously, he just after every call. I was watching the game with my mom. Who, who doesn't watch basketball that much. And I was like, Mom, watch this. After every foul call, they're going to pan to Nick Nurse, and he's going to have that stupid look on his face with just his mouth, like, two inches open. Like, what? What? Kyle Lowry didn't punch him in the face. What are you talking about? Like, oh, my God. I can't stand it. Because it works. That's what makes it. That's what makes me more upset. It works every time the ref, with the refs, right? Yeah. It's just, he who's worse? He complained about Tatum, and then Tatum mm-hmm. hasn't really gotten any calls. Mm-hmm, exactly. Who's worse, him or Lowry, to you? Uh, Lowry. Lowry's really bad. Really? I, see, I think it's Nurse. Why do you think it's Lowry? Why is he worse to you? Because he's always complaining. <sighs> yeah. I feel like him and Nurse are just a match made in heaven, honestly. 
Because, like, every time they pan to the sideline, they're standing right next to each other, which is, like, not letting the ref do his job. Yeah. That the when it was most noticeable to me was on that Brad Wanamaker layup. It was that game three. Yeah. No, no, it was this one. Okay, yeah. Like that's yeah, a basketball play. Yeah. Yeah. There's like no question about that to me. Mm-hmm. Like that's a natural motion when you go up to do a layup. Yes. Just because you jumped into his knee doesn't mean it's offense. It's an offensive foul, Lowry. Like, man, it. It's so frustrating. I was like trying to formulate a way to say this because like you said, they're always complaining, but I, you see it in like the, the heat game too, with the Bucks, like all the conference finals games in the first round too. players just get to complain until the refs review it. Like, yeah, that needs to stop. Mm -hmm. I agree because there's a challenge now and you get one per game. Yeah. It's basically like you get unlimited challenges because the refs will look at anything if you complain enough. And I, I feel like the Celtics don't complain too, too much. Like, if anybody in the Celtics complains, it's Tatum and Tice. But even when Tice complains, I don't think he's complaining to try to get something out of it. I think he's just like, what did I do that time? Like, what? Yeah. Versus Lowry, who is complaining to try to get the ball back and try to get a call for him. So I know everybody on Twitter is like, oh, the Celtics complain just as much. Celtics do this. Celtics do that. If you watch those basketball games and legitimately tell me that the Celtics complain just as much as the Raptors, then I think you're a fucking moron. <laughs> Cause it's just every play with the Raptors, every single play, Lowry and Nick Nurse complaining. And Siakam does it too sometimes. Freddie does it too, but there's no one worse than Lowry and Nurse. So it, it it's kind of enraging after a while to see Nick Nurse just get away with all this shit. Like the fact that he hasn't had a T this whole series for complaining is crazy to me. There have yeah. there been any texts this series? Uh yeah, remember the Tatum one when he punched the air? <laughs> oh yeah, Freddie got one last night too. Or the other night. That one no, didn't make didn't. any sense. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet got attack. When? Yes. In Game like four? Yes. Yes. hundred percent. Hundred percent. I don't know if I can see text in the box score, but Fred Van Vliet got attacked, and it was stupid, too. Like, obviously, I I love the Celtics. I would never root against them, and I'm glad they got a free throw. But Fred Van Vliet got attacked for, like, talking for two seconds. There's no way in hell he deserved a technical. It was ridiculous. I don't understand why he got it, but I I don't know if it I'm pretty sure it was game four, like 99% sure. But Freddie got attacked for basically nothing. So I don't know if it was a makeup call for the Tatum thing, but Van Vliet did get a tech at one point, which was weird. Um, do you think Nick Nurse deserves to get texts for talking to the refs for so long? Uh, he doesn't seem like he says anything. He's just, like, asking questions. Like, you can ask questions. You just can't, yeah. like, you know, be a dick. Yeah. It, 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 I don't it, think it, he does that. That stupid look just gets me every time. Because Brad Stevens, when it's a bad call, he'll, like, talk, and then he'll go back to, like, his straight face. Nick Nurse just sits there like, what? What are you talking about? Like, what? Yeah. What? It just It just pisses me off, I think, because... Obviously, we're going against them, so I don't know, man. This whole series is just angering me at this point. Do you think Siakam's the best player on that team? Uh, no. Who was it? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Do you say yes only because you don't think it's Lowry? Yes. <laughs> I knew you said no at first, and then you thought, oh, wait, Lowry's the other option. <laughs> I think it's yeah. Siakam. 
I think it's Lowry, man. I know you hate him and think he's not good, but at this point, I think it's I just, still don't think he's good. I, know. I really don't. I think he's playing the best. My this mind has not changed. I know. It, it's tough to change your mind. I, I, I shouted you out, Loki, in the article that I wrote for the Celtics Journal. Because I said something along the lines of, I opened up with, I don't hate Ananobi, I don't hate Jalen Brown, and uh, this was after game three, after the shot. I don't hate Taco or Jalen Brown. I don't even hate Lowry. Sorry, Sam, because I know you don't like him. But that that I don't think you can be mad at that shot. You can be mad because the Celtics lost, but that's just... Did, did you see all I'm the things? I'm mad at them. I'm mad at the Celtics. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You make a shot, that's your job. Like, I don't get mad. Mm-hmm. No. I, I get mad if it's, like, a bullshit shot. Like, I hate when, like, they make heaves and stuff. That gets me pissed. Like, if if Fred Van Fleet had made that shot at the end of game... Uh, yeah. Did too, yeah. That would have pissed me off. Did you see all those things about how Lowry had all this extra space because they're in the bubble? Yes. That... I mean... My thing is you can't complain too much because both teams have been playing with that extra space for the entirety of the series. But in a time like that, it's especially noticeable and especially frustrating, right? Yeah. I think at that point, the Celtics, like fans of the Celtics, were just looking for anything as an excuse to, oh, that's bullshit. But I mean, it is end, fair. It is a fair. No, yeah, it's fair. It's a fair gripe because, like, in a regular game, that wouldn't have been the space. And Taco being there would have been much more useful. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to talk about game two, uh, game three though. It is what it is. It happened. Celtics got to move on. Same thing with game four, a tough, tough loss, heartbreaking, obviously, or game three I'm talked about, but game four, no excuse. Celtics played like shit. Got to bounce back in game five. Who's obviously with the Celtics, you never pick a player to run through because it's whoever gets hot. But what do you see happening tonight? Do you think Brown has a comeback game? Do you think Tatum? I just think everyone has like. A, re- a reason to have their chip on their shoulder. Brown played bad. Kemba didn't take enough shots, and Tatum could have been better. So all three of those guys have a reason to have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, and they should all come out firing, which probably won't happen. But you never know. You can dream. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, ball movement is important every time the Celtics play. Do you think the pick and roll with Robert Williams can be a bigger factor? Because I wrote about this. I said. The Raptors can't keep up as well with Rob, especially Marcus Gasol. Like you mentioned earlier, that matchup's really good for the Celtics because of the athleticism yeah. and the, the speed. I feel like if the Celtics run some more pick and roll with Rob, that would be really useful because obviously the shooting struggles, like getting into the paint was working. And even when the Celtics want to shoot the ball, that opens up the floor so much. So I know we talked about this briefly earlier, but I really do think starting Rob would help, and not because he's better than Tyus, but because of the matchup. Yeah, I don't have a problem with Robert Williams starting. Uh, I think Tyus would be interesting to have. A, I think Tyus is by far the best player, though. You know what I mean? Like, he's a better yeah, no, player. I agree. I agree 100%. And it's I just, think people need to get that into their heads mm-hmm. because he's a more complete player. Right now, yes, at this point. Well, Robert Williams has shown much improvement. He's been mm-hmm. a much better shooter. He's been able to make some jump shots, which is great. Um, and he plays even, hard. Even more importantly, he's confident on the jump shots. Like, he just takes them. He doesn't hesitate or anything. He just takes right. them. And that's something Tice has been doing in this series, which I hate. Like, why is Tice hesitating? He's gotten better over the past couple games. But he just hesitates from three. He's like, ah, I don't know if I want to shoot this. And he puts it up. And obviously, at that point, I, I, me as a fan, I know it's not going in because he hesitated. But I feel like Tyson right. just needs to pull up. 
He's been confident from the mid-range in the past couple games, but Tyson needs to shoot those threes like he has been in the regular season. It's just all coming down to Game 5. Everyone talks about how Game 5 is the most important game in a series if it's tied. and It is. Yeah. I mean, I think what you said is true. If the Raptors win this game, it makes me very, very, very nervous because that's just all the momentum in the world. Yeah, so it's super important for the Celtics to come out of the gate. Do you think starting hot is super important? Or do you think as long as they close it out, it's fine? I think keeping their foot on the gas is the most important thing. So coming out in the third quarter and not being terrible in the third is important. Yes, yes. Because that's where they lost the game uh, the other day. You know, mm. it's frustrating. Yeah. Like, to play a good game the whole time. Ever since the first game, like games two, three, and four, Celtics third quarter has been terrible. Like in game two, even the Celtics managed to win because of Marcus Smart, but they blew it in the third quarter. They should have been up by a ton, but they they sucked, and the Raptors took an eight point lead to start the fourth. Game three, the Raptors came alive in the second half. Game four, obviously, we know what happened. It's just the second half Celtics need to be better. I think is what it is at this point. But they need to be better. They need to play more confident. Mm-hmm. They just need to execute better down the stretch. And it's yeah. funny, throughout game three, I was very confident because they played really good down the stretch in all three quarters before the fourth. And even in the fourth, they played okay down the stretch. They executed. They just screwed up that last play. Yeah, Raptors Raptors got hot in the fourth quarter is what it was. Raptors started making some shots that they weren't making before. And then obviously the OG shot was a killer. But, but yeah, they, the Celtics need to step it up. The defense has been good. Uh, I like I've been saying the closeouts. I think need to be better, but overall defense has been good in the paint. Uh, offense just need to make your shots. Uh, give me your final thoughts on Game Five, Game Four, the whole series. Uh, final so- thoughts on everything. Um, game Five is tonight. The Celtics need to. They just need to improve. I mean, it's it's such a simple take, but like it, it's really the truth. I mean. They played a terrible game four, and like there's still a lot of positive aspects you can pull from the game. They got good looks. They were able to score in the paint really well. Like They're just going to make their jump shots. They're going to be able to stop Toronto when they need a stop. They need to close out defensive possessions by getting the rebound. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. My, my final thoughts would be, like you said, rebound the ball, make your open shots. Literally what you said, just be better. Like, as stupid as that the sounds. The potential is there. Yeah. And I think... So I said, like, if they lose tonight, it feels like it's over. But I, I be, I'm starting to believe they only really need one game to correct themselves, to figure out what's going on. Yeah. yeah because I, I agree. you can make the argument they could be down 3-1 to one right now, which you absolutely could, but they could also be up 3-1. to one, And it would yeah. be a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Because they would, all right, you lost game four, you come out in game five, you squash it, right? That, that, that would be the story. That's not the story. But you need to come out in game five and you need to squash it still. Okay. Yeah. This yeah. Raptors team played one good game. They got lucky in the third game at the end, right? They they executed, but they, you know, they really only had one, if you can even call it dominant performance, which, mm-hmm. I mean, yes, the Raptors played good defense, but the Celtics were still screwing up open looks. Yeah, no, just make your shots. I think that's all it is. If the Celtics shoot better from three, they win that game. Um, yeah, <laughs> be better. Like you said, it sounds stupid, but... If the Celtics just execute better on offense, that game has a completely different feel to it. 
So that being said, game five tonight, go seize, uh, play with intensity, play with heart, play with that underdog mentality that you've had all year. Uh, follow me on Twitter at BannertownJack, underscore from the rafters uh, is the podcast account. Make sure to tweet at us with anything you want to hear on the podcast, any guests you want us to try to get. Uh, we love you guys for listening. Make sure to give us feedback. Uh, if you're listening to this after game five, uh, get hype or stay positive, depending on how it goes. Uh, wrap us up here, Sam. Go ahead. Uh, yes, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bannertown Sam. You can follow Bannertown USA on Twitter. You can follow from the rafters, underscore from the rafters. Um, that's our show for today. Celtics at 530. Uh, I hope when you're listening after the game, it's a happy game. Uh, all right. Bye. It's a show.